Hey, friends, this episode may spark some of your, your stances, your deep-held beliefs, and your labels. Uh, amen to that. Keep listening. Hang in there. We're going to bring it and wrap it around all to a place of commonality. And uh, we're excited about this. So listen up. Excited to be holy perturbers. Holy perturbers. Let's keep that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I recorded that. Hello out there. This is um, Uncommon Cast episode five. Yes, we narrowed it down. I can count. I've been guided to counting. You can't count, but somebody else informed you what number it was. (laughs) Being you all. It is five. Y'all. We're glad that you all are joining us. And today it's just the three of us up in the treehouse. And we have a fun conversation mapped out for y'all um, on this really light and fluffy topic. Dividing lines. Yes. Hmm. I mean, I think for those of us who live um, as human beings in this world in 2019, we can recognize that there is some serious division happening um, in our families, in our countries, in our world. And what fascinates me about this idea of division, even though we might feel divided from other people, there's this underlying sense in that division that that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. That as people, as families, as countries, as the world, we're not supposed to um, build these barriers between us and others. I think... I think we all felt that super strong. Just two weeks ago, all three of us were meeting with uh, Rick Dunn and Gateway and Fido Gonzalez down Mm -hmm. um, in Tijuana where they're doing some amazing things in TJ. And uh, we were on the other side of the wall and we had the freedom to go back and forth and we were taking Mm -hmm. pictures and a lot of people did not have the freedom to go back and forth. And I know all of us were were hit by the power of that wall and... um, how unnatural it felt wherever. And I know that's going to light some listeners up, whatever. It's, walls seem to divide and break things up at times. And, and they're a physical representation of that division. Yeah. They're like this reminder that there's something between us, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. There's something other about you. Yeah. Um, you're not one of mine. We're mm-hmm. not the same. Um, and we put up even walls. I feel like we put up walls, um, on social media, you know, we, we, we hide behind these digital walls where we have our opinions and we have our, our, uh, strongly held beliefs. And when we see somebody else that believes something differently or has a different opinion than us, we, we use the anonymity of hiding behind the digital wall to just really dehumanize that person and take them down from a human being to an opinion and reduce Mm, them to a political stance or a a political party even. And I think, so we have physical walls that we put up, um, you know, like along the border, but we, as a culture, I think um, have been really busy over the last few years, creating all sorts of walls between us and other people um, that remind us, like Cody, like you just said, Cody, we're not the same. So you stay over there in your belief. I'm going to stay over here in my belief, and we'll just shout at each other mm-hmm. over this wall. Oh, 
Yeah. Which, like, there's something so deep in us if we can take a step back from that and go, man, it's messed up. It's not how it's supposed to be. It it comes up in marriage and it comes up with parenting all the time. This is me. This is my stance. There you are in your stance. I'm right. You're wrong. Um, and what seems to bring unity is then focusing, kind of circling back in relationships with um, with friends and stances. What are our commonalities? What mm-hmm. brings us together? Let's focus on that and then let's work from a healthy place on what divides us. Um, it's funny, as you were saying that, I, just this week we had a friend come out on social media. He said... You're going to have to give more context to that. But he was like, I'm not going to use the title Christian anymore because Christian, in your mind, sets up what is synonymous with Republican. He's like, that is not me. So therefore I can't use this title anymore. Cause you're going to put me in this box with this group. I'm not. And he's like, can a Christian even be a Democrat? Can a Christian be other? And, uh, so for him, he was like, this is a dividing line. I have to come out. I have to show you that I f- I'm a follower of Jesus, but I don't fit in this box. Are y'all okay with it? And uh, some people are not okay with with different titles we use and things like that because we we want to always classify the other and um, classify who is the same as me and who is not. Well, and those labels make it really easy, right? So when we we like to stand back at a comfortable distance um, and look at people's labels, it means I don't actually have to deal with the humanity of that person. I can... look at them and say, oh, you're a Republican. I'm going to put you in this box with this understanding of what that means. Or you're a Christian and I'm going to put you in this box and understand you from this perspective. Or, you know, any other number of titles that we give to people, um, spiritual or hippie or millennial, like all of those titles or immigrant, right? Um, they keep us at a safe distance where we don't have to actually engage that person's humanity. Because here's one thing that I have learned um, over the years. Proximity forces us to examine our held beliefs about a certain Mm -hmm. group of people. Like the second that um, a face steps out of an anonymous crowd and I actually actually have to know the name of that person and understand them as a person and not as a label or a group man, I have some work I need to do because they don't fit the category that I had created for them. And that's hard. Yeah. (laughs) It's work. Right. And that's so good. One of that just reminds me so much of, um, when I was in my early twenties and traveled a lot. And, uh, at that time, it was so interesting to have labels of world religions, labels of other countries, labels of other of others in the world. And then as I spent time in youth hostels traveling through Europe, you're surrounded by the other. And all of a sudden, there are mm-hmm. names, their faces, their stories. Yep. And the most amazing thing, it was world travel and meeting others that gave me the greatest understanding of why... I think the Bible starts where it does, where God whispers into all of humanity, male and female, that you're created in my image. Mm-hmm. And it begins with a commonality of That's humanity right. rather than a division of humanity, which is the most powerful start place to start with any understanding of anyone that we encounter on the street. When you realize we have great commonality in, in how were we yeah. created, man. And it, and that drives you back to a place of, um, having to examine 
things more closely, which I would say as a culture right now, um, we in some ways have lost this skill of being able to sit around a table with people or to sit next to one another and say, there might be things that I disagree with from you and even things that are really important, but is there anything that we have in common? Can like, is there a place that we can start from? And for goodness sakes, if you have nothing else, you can go back to like the commonness of humanity, that there are, there are things about the human experience that we all go through. We all experience, not the least of which is God's, um, you know, declaration that we are all created in the image of the creator. But you know, what's great, this is why I'm smiling is because we know the religious are the worst. Like yeah. Christians are the worst at this too. And like the worst oh, at putting yeah. a label, making dividing lines and not being, not being a, a catalyst of unity in the world. In fact, there are so many atheists that with good reason, look at world religions and say they are destructive to the globe because mm-hmm. they say you are this, we are that. And they, um, they do not enforce a place of unity and love. Although, when you when you bring up Christian scripture, there's this underlying tone that it should be about a love and a commonality of being created in the image of God. And this reminds me. So this last, we just had um, a recent event at a bowling alley. And it get was weird. awesome. It was so good. It was so good. And I was sitting down with a man, incredible, incredible man. Um, and uh, he was reflecting and he, he was reflecting on the event and he was reflecting about the diversity that was all around him with people that are at different places of spirituality from the atheist, the agnostic, the committed Christian, the searching, the curious. And he was saying that he was so impacted by that being grown up as a, as a Muslim, that the space that we were able to create there was a, was a place of unity. Mm-hmm. And this is the quote and I'm paraphrasing him. I not saying it very well because there were bowling balls flying around and, and everything, but <laughs> he was saying that faith in the world, faith should always be a catalyst of unity rather than a force of division. And yet we know that world mm-hmm. history and everything around us often points to the opposite. But he was saying that in that space, in a bowling alley, talking about the sacred weirdness that God has put in everyone around you, including yourself, that he saw a catalyst of unity. And that was an incredible, incredible place. Yeah. When I think of, especially like historically, unfortunately, um, instead of uniting, um, religion has given us further reasons to put people in camps and to label and to separate. And I think, honestly, that's one of um, the most powerful things that Jesus did. Um, I think a lot of the time we look at um, American Christianity, and it's not a great representation all of the time of um, what Jesus actually did and taught and how he lived his life. Because if you can imagine for a moment, um, in a lot of ways, what I'm laughing because that man said, he said, I believe that that Christianity has been hijacked by non-Christians. Yeah, totally. And that's yeah. what, that's what's brewing in my head right now. Like, like I would still call myself a Christian, but I wouldn't associate myself with those who have hijacked the label Christian 
and politicized it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you know, I'm not going to share my political beliefs here, but um, I, 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 I associate with certain political beliefs that some would say are on the conservative end. And I associate with some that are on the uh, liberal end. And I think as a whole person who's following Jesus, camping out in one political party has nothing to do with your faith. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm, I'm processing out loud. I, I think that's good. I think one, two, I think we should always come to the table and be able to share wherever we stand, mm-hmm. because I think there's a unity that transcends any, any party in our bipartisan, jacked up, divided world, right? Mm-hmm. That there's a, there's a transcendence of commonality that I think that we mm-hmm. actually see in Jesus, but, yeah. but others have used that yes. to weaponize, weaponize. Exactly. politicize. Oh, so, so in that moment, I know earlier too, we were talking about some scriptures that that night when, when he was, when he was telling me about what he saw as a space that brought people together that rather than, than divided people. It made me think of Ephesians too, and um, wait before we get okay, there. Yeah, can we can we say this though? Because um, I think in that I, in that idea of um, the Christian faith having been hijacked or weaponized, like you have to go back and recognize that when Jesus came on the scene, he came into an incredibly divided culture, mm-hmm. right? So you had. Um, the people of faith, you had the Jewish people um, that had literally been occupied by outsiders, right? By the Roman culture and the, the faithful, the Jewish people were literally waiting for their Messiah to come that was going to overthrow Rome, that was going to put things right, that was going to put um, Israel back in power, right? And it was all about who's in, who's out, Who's on the right side? Who's on, who's on the wrong side? Um, and in so many ways, like the culture, the environment, the climate that Jesus stepped into, it was very similar to the world that we live in today. You know, everybody was labeled. You knew if you were um, if you were if you were on the right side of things or the wrong side of things. And um, I, I'm excited to unpack kind of how Jesus stepped into that. Right. And so for that group and for the authors, there were only two camps. Right. Right. There was there was Jew and Gentile. Mm-hmm. No matter what culture Jesus could have stepped into, there probably would have been two camps. Um, there's either the believer or the non-believer in whatever that micro micro culture was believing in. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we are we think so and so binary, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. The, and the reason why I immediately with that conversation with a man at the bowling alley um, talking about faith being a catalyst of unity rather than a force of division, I immediately thought of that place in Ephesians. It's a, it's a letter in the New Testament that was aimed at the church in Ephesus that was very divided, had a history of division just like anyone else. And yet now it was becoming more and more multicultural. It was becoming more and more um, diverse in People, people because of their beliefs. So Paul, the author of this letter, he writes that don't forget, he's talking to an audience that used to feel like outsiders to God's love, mm-hmm. right? Outsiders of the creator. In fact, they didn't even think that. They had been explicitly told, you yes. are an outsider. You are not invited. Let's make that clear, right? Let's make that clear. And so he goes, I want to tell you that the very purpose of Jesus is to get rid of that title of outsider and insider. Mm-hmm. And 
And that may be a shock to many because I think that title and Jesus and Christianity has usually been a label to define whether you're in or out. But, but in this letter, it says, no, that's the complete opposite. It says, don't forget that you Gentiles, you others used to be called outsiders, but now know that you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through him giving his life. Mm -hmm. Um, You who are once outside understand, no matter what you've been told or experienced, understand that you have been brought near to God by, by what Jesus was all about. He says that Jesus brought peace to us. He united what was two people with his own body and he broke down the wall of hostility that Mm. separated us. He did this by ending a system and he made peace with the Jew and Gentile, the in, the out, by creating himself one new people from two groups. So what used to be totally divided in two, he makes one. And then it says together as one body reconciled to God, everyone, our hostility toward each other was put to death by him giving his life. And that, oh. Yeah, I think that, like, that's surprising to people who only know about Christianity from what they have experienced of modern day Christians a lot of times. Or let me let me rephrase that, like the caricature of Christianity, right? Because we know that there are so many dear and faithful Christians today that are actively trying to figure out what it means to live out their faith. But unfortunately, when we talk about the the fact that Christianity has been hijacked, it's kind of by this caricature of Christianity, right? I love um, that. you. Yeah, I love that description. Yeah, because, <laughs> because it, just like any other group, when you zoom in, you recognize that it's not true of everyone. In fact, it's probably not true of, of the majority most, yeah. of most people. Um, And so if you have experienced Christianity largely based on this caricature, you might be surprised at Paul's words there. But when you go back and look at how Jesus actually lived his life, right? Like this is Paul, the in the first, the first followers after um, Jesus has died, right? And gone to heaven, um, This is his best attempt at kind of assimilating this Jesus phenomenon, right? Like the way that Jesus lived his life and the things that he taught us and what he did, how do we put that into practice? And Paul's best estimation of that is there's no more division. Like we're one. And it's not just there. He he brings this this theme up again in Galatians, he says, for you are all children of God, right? Harkening back to that original, um, declaration of God at the beginning, right? That we were all created in his image. It says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. Therefore, there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And when I think of how Jesus actually spent his time This makes total sense, right? Because Jesus was constantly occupying his time by inviting the uninvited, right? By having parties with the people who had been told, you're out, man. Or by drawing close and hearing the story of um, a woman who had been ostracized by her community because of her 
sex life, frankly, you know, um, like Jesus was constantly doing those things and meeting with the people who had been left out. And it was his way of actively living out. We're one. We're not divided anymore. Like I'm going to physically step into the space between you and this group of people behind me and occupy it as, you know, because we're one, we're not divided anymore. We'll get pushback. So no matter, as you take this message of unity into the streets, you will get, you will get pushback by those that need dividing lines. And the greatest pushback of Christianity um, is going to be, yes, but... Like there's Mm -hmm. a second part to John 3.16 that God so loved the world. There's a faith element, right? Mm -hmm. So are you in or out? Are you a believer or non-believer, right? Right. But, oh, but this is good. Those are fighting words. Like I'm I'm ready to go right now. Right. So, (laughs) so, but here's the thing. As as we look at the way way Jesus brought in and out, brought people in and out and met with those that were insiders and outsiders, Mm -hmm. and he developed a huge following and then a, a semi core following and then a small group of people in every one of the groups that Jesus poured into, he was surrounded by those that had faith and doubt together and congruent. Mm -hmm. No one would say that those were mature believers that were totally 100% believers and not non-believer because even doubt was part of their whole journey and failure was part of their journey and not believing Jesus' words, not getting Jesus' words were part of their journey. So when we say that he brought... Even to his most core. To his most core people. Even after he raised from the dead. still didn't know what to do with it. So here's here's the coolest thing that when Paul is speaking to a group of people saying that you are all made one in Jesus, there are both non-believer and believer in that party. And yet he is saying that you are one and, and we're uncomfortable with that. But when you realize the miracle of someone's faith journey, whether they're at the start of it or the end of it or somewhere in between and they go up and down, I think the same creator of the universe is going, I made you and I love you and I'm drawing you to me. Ooh. And go. Go, yeah, go. Yeah. So <laughs> everything we're talking about reminds me of the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee and how the Pharisee shows up with his list of accomplishments and the tax collector who was reviled in that day. I just used a big Reviled is a big word. Mm. Ding, 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 ding. Hey. Vocabulary bell. <laughs> Yay. I got one. I never thought I would get one. Uh, but tax collectors were... were we're just the worst of the worst that day. And the tax collector comes beating his chest, asking for the grace of God. And the Pharisee comes with a list. And I feel like our cultural Christianity has set up this sort of caricature of a Christian that, okay, it's okay for you to come to the, to the temple or the church or come to faith, beating your chest, asking for grace the first time. But next time you come, can you have that list like the Pharisee uh-huh. had, yeah. So that you, so we can see evidence, right? We want we want to see all the check boxes of that that show me that you are you know growing and becoming a better Christian because our our caricature of a Christian looks a certain way in the United States. Mm-hmm. That just made me think of that. And I think the the most striking response, right, to both of those issues, right? Like Ryan, you were saying to the people that are like, but faith. You know, um, and and to the people who are like, but where's your list is um, how Jesus actually lived. 
And I, whatever the issue is, like if we as Christians could just keep diving back into the way that Jesus actually lived and what he did, I think we would solve so many problems because what he actually did was continue to invite to the table people that didn't have it figured out. In fact, he kept the people around him that kept not getting it. <laughs> and he, you know, there wasn't a point where he's like, dude, like either get like get it together or get out <laughs> because this is getting exhausting. I've poured my blood, sweat and tears into you for three years and you still don't understand what I'm trying to teach you like that. It was never about that. It was like, no, just keep coming, keep coming. Um, he kept creating a space for people who didn't know what to do with faith, who didn't know what to do with him. Some of his most uh, beloved followers, they didn't, they didn't know what to do with Jesus, frankly. Um, and that's not to mention like the crowds that would gather. And he was just basically kept saying, you're all invited. You're all invited. Let me mm -hmm. step into that gap again because you're all invited. You're one, you're reminding me of where I'm at currently right now, spiritually. So, and we even even talked about this as a team lately. I can't wait to hear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're so learning this these, in real time, I everybody. I have these ebbs and flows totally. with, with, with Jesus, with scripture, with books, with conversations, with podcasts. And sometimes you, you realize that you're maybe your, your spiritual thoughts and your conversations with God have been so out here and hitting so many things that you haven't, you haven't gone back and, and revisited Jesus in the gospels mm -hmm. in quite a while. And yeah. you go, Whoa, I'm feeling distant. I've been talking a lot about Jesus, but haven't been hearing from Jesus. So really in the last month, you guys, I've been spending a lot of time in Mark, but jump in between the gospels because I want to get back to, all right, Jesus, I've felt far from your exact words. I've felt far from that. And mm -hmm. so I want to get back to that and stop reading around you so much, but read you. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a challenge too, for anyone out there that's listening is we have a lot of conversations about faith, about church, about doctrine, about spirituality, spirituality. Um, it is good to just dust all that off and, and, and reopen Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Or for the just, first time. Or for the first time. Yeah. And read it and go, okay, I'm going to focus on, there's a lot of chatter even in those paragraphs sometimes. And yes, I just called scripture chatter. But <laughs> if, you, if you aim at, okay, what did Jesus do and what did he say? Mm -hmm. um, and and re-dust off who Jesus is, get, get re-close to Jesus. It may help us see a power of unity in the world that we have missed because we've mm -hmm. focused on labels of spirituality and Christianity. Yeah. And I want to, um, I want to add this thought. Christianity was never meant to come from a place of power and authority. Like, I think Jesus made that pretty clear. You know, like he could have come in and kicked the Romans out and brought his sword and like made everything quote unquote right. And that's not what he did. A nobody from nowhere on a donkey demonstrating humility. That's right. And giving life for others. And that is the example of Christianity. And yet we often feel like as Christians, we need to be right. We need to defend we need to have authority and power. And I don't think that that's not the way. So if we can 
brush that aside and instead be the, the humble inviters, be the awkward ones that step into the gap. If we can be the weirdos that don't have it figured out, but like, we're just, we're fine. Just continuing to try to fumble forward after Jesus. I feel like that's going to solve a lot of problems. Let's keep trying. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're about at Uncommon Good. We want to invite you into spaces where you can feel that belonging, where we can talk about these things uh, in a in a safe manner, <laughs> you know, no judgment. And uh, you're invited to the things that we do. And and as per my task every podcast, I'll tell you how to do that. You can visit uncommongoodsd.com and you can look at our events. You can find more episodes of our podcast. You can sign up for our mailing list. Uh, you can find us on social media at Uncommon Good SD. We have some events coming up in March, um, and you'll find those dates on our website. And uh, yeah. if you get on our mailing list, that's going to be a really great way for you to sign up for those events. Yes, look for common table pop ups coming Ooh, to you yeah. soon. We have a fun thing coming where we're just gonna like we're just gonna post out on social media common table pop up who's in and just then, come have dinner and then yeah. we're just gonna eat food together exactly <laughs> at a house and the first like 12 people to say i'm coming you can come um so be on the lookout for those uh and that's about it from the treehouse uncommon cast Woo! peace out y'all